0: As you've been hearing on WBEC, the August jobs report came out this morning. Now, I know it's not exactly number one on most people's reading list, but it's got a lot of important data from the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics on how many people are working in what fields and how much they're making. Now, the big takeaway is that unemployment is up slightly, though it's still low, 3.7 percent. But employers have hired over 300,000 new workers as well. So, joining us now is someone who is excited to dig into the data and tell us what it all means. Diane Swank is the chief economist at KPMG, that is a multinational financial services firm. Hi, Diane. Welcome to Reset. Good Good to be here. Thank you. So, let's jump right into the report. What are your biggest takeaways?
1: Well, it's really interesting. August is such a quirky month, and we're having such a hard time seasonally adjusting everything, even though it looks like we had this big surge in participation, mostly by Hispanic men and women during the month, which is why the unemployment rate moved up and the number of unemployed moved up. Before seasonal adjustment, it actually was flat with July. So it's a bit of a head fake. Um, The good news is that at the end of the day, Wages are, you know, plateauing at a high level, and they're still growing at a nice clip. Mm -hmm. That's the good news. From the Federal Reserve's perspective, unfortunately, all the churn we're seeing in the labor market, the elevated number of people who are still out sick due to Omicron, it was up again in mm. August. More than 60% than any month prior to the pandemic of people just out sick. Imagine the staffing shortages. That's exacerbating out there. All of those costs in the service sector could create a floor on how low the Fed can get inflation in this environment. That's what they're worried about. and they're really hard part that they seem to have come to the conclusion of is now they not only need to hammer demand to cool off the economy, but to really get inflation to no longer be an issue in our lives. Mm -hmm. They're looking at raising the supply of labor supply. And the only way they can really do that is to raise unemployment, which is not what we really want to see. Mm. And that's, you know, something very painful. They see that as a lesser of two evils, doing it slowly and sort of grinding inflation out of the economy, Right, that sounds nice, but boy, that's not an easy sell to mm. anyone else.
0: Yeah. There. Un- unemployment is up, but employers, as I understand, they, they have hired a lot of new people. Why is that?
1: Well, it's, it's, we are still, again, you know, this seasonal adjustment, we are still seeing huge demand for workers. And, in fact, you know, in the month of July, we had two job openings for every worker seeking a job. And if we just hold at the July levels on job openings, we still have 1.9 workers uh, or 1.9 job openings for every worker out there. The Fed would like to see it closer to one-to-one. So this still is, you know, um, from a worker's perspective, a better economy. And we also are seeing in the unemployment insurance that, one, not many people are getting unemployed. And when they do get unemployed, they're getting reemployed very quickly um, from a employer's perspective, they're still trying to fill shortages. They've still got a lot of vacancies that they can't fill. And there's also a really big mismatch between where people live and where the jobs are. They're no longer mm. in places like downtown areas where the service sector once flourished. It's coming back, but not what it was. They're often in further out resort areas and places like that. And even see. some white collar jobs have moved to more rural areas as they did in you know, the pivot to work from home. So So you have this sort of mismatch of can you afford to even get to where the job is? You know, thank goodness prices at the gas pump have come down, but they're still really elevated. And that can eat into all your ability to commute really far to a job.
0: Listening to to President Biden talk about these numbers recently, he says jobs are up, wages are up. And uh, we're seeing some signs that inflation may be beginning to, to slow. Is he jumping the gun?
1: No, we are seeing signs that inflation is beginning to slow, and that's great. And we welcome that because, you know, as of June, we had two negative quarters of growth that didn't qualify as a recession, but most Americans felt like we were in a recession because we had such wicked hot inflation that everything we had gained in wages since the beginning of the reopening and then some had been lost to inflation. So it felt like we were losing ground. So now we're starting to see some of that ease, and that's great. We want to see things cool with workers still having jobs and still having strong wages. The problem is, how do you really get inflation low enough that it's no longer affecting your everyday and distorting your everyday decisions? And that is not where we're at. So we're going in the right direction, but not likely to get there fast enough that we can avoid a more entrenched, kind of prolonged inflation that erodes living standards and becomes something more similar to the nineteen seventies where you had a two decades long inflation and stagflation. Mm. That's the alternative, but it's easy to say that. It's much harder to live getting from here to right. where we want to be
0: education is a, a sector that really changes in August and September with kids going back to school, right? So tell us what you've learned about jobs in education and childcare.
1: This is really um, one of the tragedies still of the pandemic that they're still down so far. And in fact, education lost jobs, seasonally adjusted, in the month of August because they were not able to hire up as they usually do. And we know the staffing shortages in the schools everything from teachers to support staff to bus drivers acute staffing shortages. And this is really important on inequality. And because we lost more education, of course, to the pivot to online learning we've set back by decades, kids that are nine years old right now. And the difference between race and socioeconomic status is also pronounced, particularly um, black and Hispanic households tended to live in areas where they stayed online longer Mm -hmm. and didn't come back in person sooner. So they even are further behind, which exacerbates inequality and, you know, really casting aside all this talent that we could be getting out there. And- those jobs still being down really are a problem for both working parents getting back to work and being able to provide for their families, and particularly working mothers, but also um, the fact that education, we're not able to recoup the education lost and, of course, You know, in areas where they have even less money to compete with the private sector, they're not competing and they're losing more teachers. And that is really setting us back. So that's one of my biggest concerns is that this is a generational blow that we're suffering and also exacerbating inequalities. And these are the things that we need to think about, you know, more from a fiscal policy side of it as we go forward. How do we re-educate and bring people back up to speed after what they lost to the pandemic?
0: You're listening to Reset. The August jobs report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is out today, and we're talking about what the numbers mean. Our guest is Diane Swank, who's the chief economist at the financial services firm KPMG. Uh, Diane, you have also been seeing an increase in hiring for healthcare workers, particularly in cities. What, what's that about?
1: So, we are seeing healthcare workers come back, but that, you know, and that's, there's still acute shortages. They're chasing a moving target yeah. on demand. And um, we also lost a lot of workers to retirements in healthcare. They just got burned out during the pandemic. And so, even though we're seeing them come back, we're seeing them come back in doctor's offices, we're seeing them come back in hospitals, and finally in nursing homes. But the, the deficit, much like childcare education, the other big deficits, now we, we crossed the previous peak in employment overall for the U.S. economy in the month of August um, that was hit in February of 2020, um, which is a short period of time relative to other recessions. But those sectors, like nursing homes, are still over 300,000 workers short, and the demand has gone up. And remember, again, those were some of the areas hit hardest by the early onset of COVID. And those people who suffered the most and the most stress and burnout were in those places. And so, you know, we're not getting staffing. We still have acute staffing shortages. I really worry about in rural areas and in poorer neighborhoods where hospitals are, the costs of treating COVID went up, the cost of hiring workers are going up. And now we're starting to see consolidation of hospitals, which is going to limit access to quality care for people who need it in, in, in many ways. Yeah. And that is another concern and legacy of this pandemic.
0: How do average hourly earnings compare to last month?
1: So average hourly earnings were up less than last month, but on a year-over-year basis, still up the same amount, about 5.2% from a year ago. Um, That's good. That's a lot faster than it was during, you know, uh, much of the 2010s Mm -hmm. It's multiples of what it was back then. But, of course, it's still below – the overall pace of inflation, and even as we see inflation cool in the month of September, it's still going to be below on a year-over-year basis the overall rate of inflation. And what we know is that even as things like these car prices finally depreciating again instead of appreciating in price, that was a weird thing, right? Right. Um, And we see rents escalating. You know, this is what's really hard is the shelter costs going up matter to people. Grocery bills matter to people. Oh, yeah. And those things that matter the most in the service sector are still going to be rising in price, even as we see some disinflation in things like used cars. But a used car can't feed your family unless you're going to use it to get to your job. So I think that's really important to keep in mind, that even though wages are still holding up, they're plateauing at a high level, and that's great. But, you know, it's not enough in this environment. And it's why the Fed is so focused on cooling inflation, because, you really do lose ground, even if wages are strong, mm-hmm. if it's not enough to compensate for the cost of, you know, of living that well, you're trying to keep up with.
0: We'll touch on this quickly before I let you go, Diane. You've been keeping an eye as well on the, the cost of utilities and on yes. high costs, making people default on their bills. What is yes. the latest on utility bills?
1: Yes, we've seen a huge default on utility mm-hmm. bills. And, you know, part of the reason is because they're just so expensive and people just couldn't, and we also had major heat waves across the country, and luckily we didn't feel it as much in Chicago, but um, it really pushed the energy grid to the brink, but also very expensive to pay for air conditioning, and that meant that people literally defaulted on their utility bills, and what you worry about is how much will they be shut down going forward. Now, a lot of places require you to not turn off the utility bills in certain times of the year so that people don't freeze Mm -hmm. or they don't You know, heat exhaustion is a real thing, too. And this is something that, you know, we're not really paying enough attention to as we've had these heat waves, blistering ones across the country. And we worry about these things because these are basic human needs, right? And when you see that kind of stress and an increase in multiple job holders. You know, one of the things I thought was a silver lining to the rise in low wages that we saw at the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic and as things reopened was how many people could work only one job instead of multiple jobs to make ends meet. We're now seeing the stress of trying to meet those bills, like utility bills.
0: People are picking and up second jobs. Able to, yeah.
1: Having to work more than one job.
0: Side hustles for sure. Diane Swank is the chief economist at the financial services firm KPMG. Thank you so much for breaking that down, Diane.
1: Thank you.